You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to episode 47 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, Before we get started, I just want to say that we have gotten a lot of messages recently from listeners via our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com, and it's always a really encouraging thing when you guys uh, send us messages on our website. And and gals, and gals. I'm sorry, and gals. Guys is neutral, Nathan. This is 2021. Get get, get into gear. I have a pregnant wife, so I'm trying to... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I'm worried, though. She doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, we enjoy when you guys and gals uh, give us that positive feedback and let us know that it, you know, this is something that's profitable for you, that you enjoy listening. And uh, to reward you, uh, we've got a very exciting episode. We've got uh, some very compelling text <laughs> that we're going to go over today. Yeah. In fact, we've heard specifically the last few weeks, we've gotten messages that have said the last couple of episodes have been particularly helpful, talking about ham. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to follow up an exciting episode series like that with uh, talk about genealogies. That's it. This is this is the classic, uh, like back in the dial-up internet days, like there, <laughs> there would be that trap where you see an ad advertisement for uh, like free Disney tickets. And then the fine print says you have to listen through a timeshare presentation first. Uh, and so what, what looks like a free trip to Disney is a multi-thousand dollar timeshare commitment uh, by the end of the trip. Hypo- hypothetically, hypothetically, not that my family ever sat through one. <laughs> but on the positive note, we've said this before and it, it doesn't always happen, but this time we're going to try and commit to it. I'm talking an entire chapter, one episode. Well, we, we did that with the Genesis uh, 5 genealogy. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I, I'm also traumatized by the time that, like, in the middle of the episode of a genealogy, we decided, oh, actually, right. this is going to be three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So that could happen today, even though that's not the plan. And But we have learned in those previous episodes, uh, you know what? There's more to these genealogies than meets the eye. I, and in fact, what what was it the the King's List one that we did? Mm. Uh, Ancestry.com. Oh, yeah, oh, that was I love that episode. That was a fun one to record. Yeah, if you if you're a new listener to the podcast, do two things. First, go back and w- listen to that episode Ancestry.com. I forget what number it is. But just look for the name. And then also, if you're a new listener, please like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening. On Spotify, it's a like. On iTunes, it's subscribe. That way you'll always get a notification every Tuesday morning when we post a new episode. Yes. Because despite our jokes... Uh, you know, we're talking about the Bible here, so it's always going to be profitable. We're joking Amen. that this is a boring section, that, that's, but, that's as a, we're going to see. That's a tall order for the new listener. Not only welcome to this podcast, but hey, start with the genealogy episodes. Uh, <laughs> hey, we'll by the way, fun. one quick comment here is uh, Gandalf's brother came in town last night and we got to run into him and I said, Hey man, you listen to the podcast? He said, well, I'm able to listen every now and again, 
But one of the things he said, he's like, y'all have done a lot of episodes. And you know what, folks? We are approaching on our 50th episode. We are just a few episodes away of having 50 episodes. And I'm going to say I'm humbled by that. And I'm humbled by God's favor on this podcast and by all of y'all's support that continues to encourage us to thank make this podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you all for letting us take this journey together with you all. And uh, th- those messages and those phone calls and texts and things like that, where you tell us what God is teaching you and what you're learning through this podcast, just encourage us all the more to keep chipping away at this until we get to Revelation and uh, the year 3000. And here, here's your segue. <laughs> just like Genesis 10, it's too many people to name. Um. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Back yes. on top, Nathan. It's good to see yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Hey, so I, I think we're going to take a, a quick vote here, all in favor oh, shame of Nathan, on of Nathan shame reading on the genealogy, say I. 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 Okay. All opposed, same sign. <laughs> Emotion nay, carries. Nay. <laughs> this Tough is what I've been waiting brother. for. I, I've been I've been timing the readings just for such a day as this. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Nathan, the entire chapter. I'm going fin- to I'm going to finish reading the chapter, and that'll be the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, readers, I mean listeners, excuse me. This is Genesis chapter ten, as always, from the ESV. These are the generations of the sons of Noah: Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Yavan, Tuval, Meshech, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Togomar, Togarmah. The sons of Yavan, Elisha, Tarshish, Katim, and Dodanim. From these, the coastland peoples spread in their lands each with his own language, by their clans, in their nations. The sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Sabtaka. The sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dadan. Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, or uh, Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalna, and the land of Shinar. From that land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehobothir, Kalah, and Resen, between Nineveh and Kalah. That is the great city. Egypt fathered Ludim, Ananim, Lehabim, Naphtahim, Pathrushim, this is where it's just getting cruel. <laughs> uh, uh, Keslukim, uh, from whom the Philistines came, and Kephtorim. Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, uh, the Arvidites, the Zimorites, and the Hamathites. Afterward, the clans of the Canaanites dispersed. And the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of Gerar as far as Gaza, and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. To Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth, children were born. The sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Arpakshad, Lud, 
and Aram, the sons of Aram, uh, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arpachshad fathered Shelah, and Shelah fathered Heber. To Heber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Yachtan. And Yachtan fathered Almadad, Shelef, Hazar Maveth, Yerah, Hadoram, Uzel, Dikla, Oval, uh, Abimael, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Yovav. All these were the sons of Yachtan. The territory in which they lived extended from Mesha in the direction of Sephar to the hill country of the east. These are the sons of Shem by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. These are the clans of the sons of Noah according to their genealogies in their nations, and from these nations, and from these the nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. Oh man! Great job! Uh, great job, Nathan. <laughs> this is Nathan Van I'm so Horn glad. signing off. I will not yeah. speak for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and did you uh, hear he had like he like put the accent on and yeah. the, you know the we've, we've so got to be we've got to be twenty minutes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have, have you guys ever seen Good Burger? Oh, it's Where, been a long you, time. The skin. I remember he, the skin I had from it all on that? VHS. I had it on VHS, and it was an orange videotape. I remember well, that. Oh, because Kale loved orange soda, yeah. Yep. Well, you know the part where he's reading the paper, he's going, mm-hmm, oh, yes, yeah. I understand some of these words. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, how I, that's how I feel <laughs> listening to Nathan. Because uh, I actually did. I actually do understand some of these words. Some of these uh, names are familiar to me. Yes, um, indeed. So, so one of the things that we've uh, talked about is that for all the things that are different in genealogies, you, you usually see a few things that are the same. Because for them... To, to repeat the emphasis of an earlier episode, genealogies were a means of fast-forwarding without losing key things, right? It was core truths over a broad span in a very compact form. Um, and I think there's another thing, Nathan. It's that page, that last book of the Bible that we never really talk about, maps. It's the thing that comes after Revelation. If you if you go to the back of your Bible, if you have a physical copy, you'll see this map called the Table of Nations. And so they didn't have maps like that on the back of their scroll. I mean, they may have had actual maps that they had made, but it would not have been a part of the actual text of Scripture. So what they used is they used these genealogies as people were aware of the lands around them. This gave them boundary markers of, oh, that's where this story is being talked about. That's where this being, story is being talked about. It, this is framing up the story for everything that's going to come after. And also, if I could throw one more thing, we've already seen some of these names. I want to read this to you. This goes back to probably 40 episodes ago in Genesis chapter 2. Let me read this to you and see if you recognize anything. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, there we go. Where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Bedellium, onyx, and stone are there. And the name of the second river is Gahon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. Oh, ding, ding, there ding. it is. That's right. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. Ding, okay, ding, there ding. it is. There you go. So this chapter is serving, chapter 10, is serving as the the map, so to speak, of framing up where these people live. 
Okay, Matt, you just captured in, in that little brief explanation the two core ideas I wanted to talk about with this passage. Mm-hmm. Number one, when they hear this long list of name, they're not necessarily thinking about a who. They're thinking about a where. That's it. Oh, that's so good, Nathan. And and, and two, um, going back to Genesis, man, I'm so glad you did that because it does not scandalize us at all when we hear about people or places in Genesis that point forward in the story to things that we have not encountered yet. Right? Right. Because we see some things that come up repeatedly uh, in in this chapter that, yes, tie us back to what we've already discussed, but also push us forward to something we're about to discuss. Just like when we're talking about, you know, the sons of Noah and the whole Ham episode and the cursing of Canaan. Uh, again, remember, you're hearing or reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. The Exodus. You're, look, you're looking back while you're living forward. Uh, so to speak. You have some things in this chapter that very much push us into the next major Bible episode, which is right around the corner in Genesis 11. Mm. Um, In fact, in our pre-conversation, you pointed out the statements to us. And why don't you tell us those statements that we need to, to see when we read this chapter? Well, you have you have a couple of them. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is that after each section of genealogy, so you have this after the sons of Japheth, uh, you have this after the sons of both Ham and Canaan are covered. And and by the way, it's interesting that Canaan, to your point uh, before the episode, uh, Canaan gets his own paragraph, right? Isn't that weird? Um, so, uh, and, so and then you have a third Japheth one. Japheth gets one, Yafeth gets one, Ham gets one, Shem gets one, and Canaan. How about that? That in light of our previous discussions. And then you have a final one after uh the sons of Shem are discussed. So I'm I'm gonna right. read I'm gonna read each of these and then we'll talk about what they all have in common. So verse five, after the sons of Yafeth. From these, the coastland people spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans and their nations. Fast forward to verse 20. These are the sons of Ham, by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Fast forward uh, to verse 31. These are the sons of Shem, by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Gandalf, does anything funny jump off the page from those verses to you? Well, it's talking about how they're dispersing and going to their own, like, they're all going their separate ways to, like, start their own places and their own societies. With each with its own what? Oh, with its own land, language, lands, and nations. Oh, wait a second. I'm a chronological Bible reader. That means there's errors Uh-oh. in the Bible. Because guess what? This hasn't happened yet, so there must be an error here. No, of course not. Genesis 10 also encapsulates what is going to happen, not just before Babel, but after. Actually, you just covered a... You just covered a little bit of that right there, because mm-hmm. talking about the rivers flowing out of Eden, going around the certain nations. Well, of course, those nations didn't exist yet. Exactly. Because when was we, this we written? Understand that, when was yeah. this written? It was written during the time of the Exodus, where people already know where these lands are. So, again, sometimes we... When we pick up the Bible and we start in Genesis 1, we go, okay, well, this is what came first. Well, historically... But you've got to remember that it was written much later. It's not revealed in real time. That's right. It's not revealed in real time. Um, And so, yeah, so that's the point. The Genesis 2 pointing forward, the same thing is happening in Genesis 10. And and to that point, by the way, um, you will revisit 
the the genealogy on the other side of the Tower of Babel story will pick up not after this genealogy. It'll pick up right in the middle of it. You'll you'll see some of these people uh, again, and in fact, you'll see a, a specific emphasis on the line of Shem after Babel, and a, a specifically Shelah and Heber, right? Because Heber yeah. goes on to be the father of the Hebrews. The Hebrews, yeah. Right. Um, so can I can I just share something that just jumps out of me at, at me because I'm a Westerner, I'm an American, uh, I'm of European descent. Uh, so it's interesting to me that our world spins around Western culture right now. It's just in the trajectory of our world, that's what dominates the world at this time in so far as interest, or at least it seems that way. Um, it's interesting to me that the ancestors of Western culture get the smallest space in Genesis 10. The ancestors of Western culture would be the sons of Japheth. And two through five, specifically two through four, it's just three verses talking about the descendants and their story is done. So if there's one thing that I need to do as a Western person is that and I, as I bow my knee to the text of scripture in reverence of what God has revealed is that this story is not about my culture. This story does not center around American culture or European culture. Now, ultimately, we know that the Bible is for everyone, but it's not about us. It's not even about my culture. So as I bow the knee to the text, when I pick up and read Genesis, and not only that, every other book of the Old Testament following and then leading in the New Testament, I'm reading somebody else's book. I'm reading somebody else's culture. So if anything tells us here right at the beginning that this ain't European, it's right here. By the way, it is. Uh, it is so. Two things. Number one, it's precisely moments like this that I wish we had a sound effects uh, machine for the podcast. Because right now, I would pr- play that Price Is Right music when someone overbids or spends over a dollar on the big wheel. Yes, uh, that disappointment <laughs> uh, sound effect. Um, uh, the the second thing is to your point. Uh, I. It's interesting that Japheth is not only the smallest group of genealogies, it's interesting the order that the genealogies are covered in, right? Hmm. Um, Because we talked about Shem being the oldest son, and yet Shem is covered last. It's like just like Genesis 5 uh, built to Noah, it's like Mm -hmm. Genesis 10 is building to um, Shem's genealogy. That's it. Um, And it's interesting uh, that... Right after Japheth, there is such long attention given to Ham and to Canaan. Uh, Like you said, Canaan essentially gets his own paragraph on the people that he fathered. And what's so neat is if you look at the descendants of, uh, of Ham and Canaan, you'll see a lot of familiar peoples or places, and they will have something in common, right? So many of these people will go on to be what? Enemies of Israel. Enemies. It's a, it's a rogues gallery. Uh, that's, if, if, if we were totally unconvincing with the whole Ham Canaan thing in our discussion of the end of Genesis 9, man, what is going on with that in Genesis chapter 10? Yeah. Um, uh, so 
So flying over it, we see, as you said, Canaan gets his own paragraph. But then listen to these names from Ham, Cush, Egypt. We recognize those names. Cush fathered Nimrod, who is going to be the one who builds the Tower of Babel. So, And, and that is interchangeable with the word uh, used later in the Old Testament for what nation? Babylon. Babylon. The same, exactly the and same. And then the also that it from that land went into Assyria that he also built Assyria and built Nineveh. Danger, okay. Will Robinson. <laughs> That's right. These, these are arch enemies that surround Israel. And then also you've got another one. Uh, the Philistines are mentioned from Cush's descendants as well. So, and or Ham's descendants. So, would it be would it Canaan. be too much to say that the enmity that you see between these nations later in the Old Testament is the outworking of the power play that you see as early as Genesis nine? So, this is what's interesting. You suddenly that's this out suddenly before, that's not that's not an anticlimactic passage anymore, is it? That's right. Uh-huh. You pointed it out before the episode. I want to make sure it gets mentioned. You said that when you think about it and look at the descendants of Ham through Cush and Egypt and put, you see the enemies that surround Israel. But when uh. you look at the descendants of Canaan, you said you're looking at the enemies within Israel. These are the enemies that occupy the Canaan land. That's why it's called claiming Canaan. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to claim Canaan. So These are the, it's again hearing or reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. We cannot overstate that point. Right. The Jebusites, they're the ones who occupied Jerusalem. The Amorites, that's the giant clans. I mean, so that this is the enemies that are within the Holy Land. And then as you pointed out last week, Nathan that Canaan also, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, they mm. came from him. So so it's it's interesting to me that the one who gets the most attention, even more than Shem, is Ham. Man. And it's like the author is framing up like the hit list of all of these people that are going to give problems to Israel. Man, man, Ham, he goofed up. So if we go with our interpretation that Ham produced a child by Noah's wife, and that child is Canaan, when you get to these lands and you start talking about Canaan, which is they're living the Exodus while they're reading Genesis, you realize that these people should not be in this land. The only reason they're there is because of what Ham did. These are, by definition, usurpers. And that's exactly what Noah said they would be. So it's interesting how this fits together. And as Nathan just said a few minutes minutes ago, that weird story, when you take this interpretation, doesn't just become this, you know, offhanded, like, well, that's kind of weird. Why do we have to talk about that? But as an ancient Jew, you're sitting, reading this, and you're going, man... This is when it all went terribly wrong. (laughs) This is when it all went terribly wrong. And also what is so important is that the reoccurring sin in Israel would be 
to continue with the detestable practices of the Canaanites. Well, it'll be be a couple of things to to continue with their practices, to intermarry with them. (laughs) Yes. That's why that boundary is there. And that's uh, right. And that will always result in Israel going after their gods and away from Yahweh, right? Right. Crossing boundaries uh, leads to sin. Crossing boundaries, spiritual boundaries that have been set, leads to sin. And see, this is why I think as, as modern Western people, especially, especially today when we live in an era, there, there there's much emphasis on the sin of racism. And it is a sin. We need to be careful, though, in reading these passages and interpreting this only along racial lines, because there's more going on than racial differences here. This this is talking about religious differences, people who worship different gods. When it talks about intermarriage, it, it's not something as simple as race. Well, so and, and by the way, to your point, that's a that's a good point to make. Um, it is interesting to me when God speaks of dispossessing these people. So you have the curse on Canaan in, in Genesis 9, right? Uh, but moving forward in the story, when God speaks of uh, dispossessing these people of the land, it's interesting. God's point of appeal is not just because these people have come from Canaan. Uh, God mentions that they will they will be culpable for their own sin. So when God is promising the land to Abraham's descendants, he said, this is not going to happen for several hundred years because the sins of the Amorites are not yet complete. And again, words, God does doesn't curse them up? along. It doesn't curse them along racial lines. They're culpable for their sin. They're but, culpable but you, for but their But you still actions. see the roots of that in this story, right? So Gandalf, that whole comment there that God was patient with the descendants of Canaan, and gave them time and didn't just punish them. Is there a, have we talked about that theme before that even we though that people was, that deserved was... punishment, that God is patient with them and gives them time? Where, where, yeah, where have we seen that? That's pre-flood. That's right. Yeah. This is also why Jonah is so bummed when God calls him to go to Nineveh. Yeah. The roots of that rhetoric are right here. Ah. Mm. Uh, God, if you call me to tell them they're going to be destroyed, then you're really calling me to, so that they'll get saved. He's like, um, God, I knew you would save them. I knew you were slow to anger. I can't I, wait till we get there. Yeah, and I know we're coming to a close, but I want to hit one more thing, because we've said that this story is intentionally pointing us forward to Babel. Uh, and one thing that we'll talk about on the other side, um, again, we've said that these totally doth, these genealogy formulas, are what move you forward through the book of Genesis. This is the shortest space that we have from one to the next. In other words, we had one in chapter two, and that got us to chapter five. We had one in chapter five, and that got us through chapter nine. Now we will have one in chapter 10, and then halfway through chapter 11, with Babel being the only thing in between. And what's interesting is it will pick up, as we mentioned earlier in this episode, on a few descendants of Shem, Shelah and Heber. And and, and both of them mention this guy, Peleg. Whose name right. means what, Matt? His name means the earth was divided. Now, what's interesting, or just division, <laughs> division. Yeah. yeah, I've I've heard people talk about uh, that uh, that it's talking this to, it's talking about an earthquake. I've actually heard people, and I hate to even say this, but I've heard people say that this this was the earthquake that killed the dinosaurs. That that when it says the earth was divided, it's talking about the earthquake that killed the dinosaurs. The, okay. In, in higher scholarship, I don't know anybody taking that view. 
they are talking about during the days of Peleg, that is when Babel took place. Now, remember who Peleg's daddy is. It's Heber. And we've already been introduced earlier uh, in the text in verse 21 to Shem, the father of all the children of Heber, the Hebrews, okay? The earth being divided would have been Babel. Therefore, Heber would have taken his clan and would have dispersed into the world from Babel. So Peleg, meaning division, and that's why it says the earth was divided. It's talking about Babel right here. It's already, as you're saying, tying us forward to the next chapter. Well, Matt, that, that was a good explanation. We've gone this far and we haven't talked about dinosaurs and today is not going to be that day. Oh, <laughs> we, we've, we've avoided talking about it. And here, here you go, bringing it up. That, that's right. I, I've seen the land before time. I know it was an earthquake that separated the dinosaurs. You can't, you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> that's right. Littlefoot was separated but, from his mom and dad. What I hope that we can convince you of is that this podcast is a profitable thing. And if you could tell the algorithm that this is a beneficial and worthwhile podcast, then please do so. Like, subscribe. If you're feeling a little bit bold, maybe even give us a star rating on iTunes. And if you're feeling really generous, a written review. That helps us out a ton. And it also lets you know when we have a new episode every week. Uh, And so next Tuesday, we will see you there. Until then, have a great week. See you next time. Shalom. Would you have rather me said, uh, whoop, there it is?